You know, there are too many stories, and really even one is too many, of children being abused in the foster care system in this province. And it follows a predictable pattern, right? Story comes out, outrage follows, and then nothing seems to change because the pattern just gets repeated. The latest story involves the abuse of two foster children in the Fraser Valley. One child was killed. The foster parents have now been sentenced to years in prison as a result. But why does this keep happening? Every few years, there's another case like this one. And despite all the talk, it just seems to happen again. BC's representative for children and youth, Jennifer Charlesworth, joins us now to talk more about this. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Simi. Now, you're now taking a look at at this particular case. Is that right? That's correct. We're undertaking an investigation, which is I'm authorized to do under my legislation and my statutory powers. And what kind of process will that take? There's multiple steps in a process like this. Uh, First and foremost, we'll be connecting with family and community uh, that have been impacted, the nations that have been impacted. And then the the workers, the uh, people who knew the family, the knew the children. And then what we'll be doing is gathering information through multiple sources, through documents, through interviews, uh, and also at the same time, and I think this is important to what your introduction was saying, we've got to look at this child's situation, these children's situation, but in the context of what's going on in the system that we need to be mindful of. How does the system create the conditions in which children are not seen or children are placed in, uh, in environments that are not healthy for them? And this is where I, I wonder how it is that you are able to continue doing your job, right? Because you you deal with these kinds of stories and don't, don't you feel sometimes like you just see this far too often? Yes. Um, Well, there's a few things that I have been doing this work for 46 years. And uh, fortunately, I can count on the one hand the number of situations that I have had either direct or indirect contact with that are as egregious as this. So the antidote for many of the things we see in our office, the critical injuries and deaths we see, is when children do thrive, when they are given the supports that they need. And that's what keeps me going is to try and keep a system accountable for helping our children be the very best they can be and for them to thrive and for the families to thrive as well. So I am motivated by the change and I've seen change in the system over my 46 years. We're very different than what we used to, but I have to say the system is under incredible stress right now. And Sadly, we see situations like this, and unfortunately, we are seeing situations that uh, are raising alarm bells for me around caregiver mistreatment. Like what? What are you seeing? We're seeing situations in which, um, and, and let me back up, the number of children in care now as compared to a decade ago is significantly less, which is a good thing. Children are being uh, better supported within families. What that does mean, though, is that children that are in care have very complex needs in many cases. And so what we need is a higher level of expertise, understanding, compassion, and skill, and support in order to support those kids well. And what I worry about is that we're asking people who are ill-equipped to do this work to take on an incredible amount of challenge. And I feel, I worry that we are not providing the supports that are necessary in the, and the, the care and support and the skill building that's necessary and the expertise that's necessary to support these kids. And so we do see in our data um, an increase in the mistreatment that children are experiencing when they're in staffed homes or group homes, as they're often known, or in foster care. Having said that, there are 
hundreds and hundreds of excellent, um, skilled foster caregivers. Uh, so I think it's important that we situate this and say, what's going on here? How does it tell us a bigger picture? But also we have to acknowledge and hold up all those people that are working so hard and that are probably just as devastated by this this uh, story as, as, as I am and as our team is. Right. Okay. So a couple points there. One, you said there are fewer children in care, which is, you know, a good thing. In this case, we heard through the court case, though, that the child hadn't been visited in seven months. If there's fewer children in care, then how come these kids aren't getting the care they deserve? That's going to be one of the key questions in the investigation. You're absolutely right that the policy in the ministry is that a child should be visited every 90 days or more frequently if there are vulnerabilities or extraordinary circumstances. So seven months is far too long, and a child should always be seen, you know, eye to eye, not just mitigated through an adult. Uh, It's very important for the social workers to build the relationship with the, the children themselves and be able to assess them over time. So that's an important question for us to ask. What happened that gave rise to a child not being seen for seven months? Is it as well, like you put out recommendations, you put out these reports, and then it's up to the government to implement that. So how responsive has the government been when you've tried to raise some of these issues? Well, it's been mixed, I'll I'll admit. And we released a report uh, several months ago called Advocating for Change, which was taking a look at um, recommendations that we've made in the last five years in my term. And um, it was a mixed review, for sure. There were a number of areas that I'm very disappointed that uh, government has not acted upon. And my hope is that with this particular situation, the government has indicated in advance that they will receive and accept my recommendations. Um, And um, I'm going to hold them to that statement as we go forward, because there's there are a lot of children who are vulnerable in this province, and it's inexcusable to me if we, that we aren't, as a as a government, as a state, as a community, supporting them to be uh, to be able to thrive. Are we getting better at at overall in terms of the system? You said like, okay, there's fewer children in care. Do we believe like those kids are getting better care though, for the most part? I think the whole, well, here's the challenge, and the social care system is not unlike the health care system or other systems. There's a tremendous amount of stress right now, the labor shortage for sure. Also, the rising costs, we are losing a lot of foster caregivers because of the housing costs and costs of living, et cetera. Despite the fact that government has increased rates, it's still, it's a big undertaking, it's a big ask. So I do see the system under stress, and uh, when a system is under stress, when there are shortages of of staff to do the work, then we do see situations in which policy isn't followed or some of the basic uh, quality of care considerations are not met. So I I, I think the system has um, changed in many good ways. Um, one thing that is important for us to be taking a look at is that nations uh, resuming jurisdiction over their children. But again, they have to be well supported um, in that transition with good funding. So for in this investigation, we'll be looking at this little person's experience and what happened to them. But we'll also be taking a look at the, the bigger context. What's going on and is the system going in the right direction? All good questions. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing this report. 
Thank you very much, Simi. Take care. You too. That's Jennifer Charlesworth. That's BC's representative for children and youth. Now, they had to wait for the criminal proceedings to be done before they could launch an investigation into this. So that is what is now happening. And we also, of course, wanted to talk to the minister in charge here, the Minister of Children and Family Development, Mitzi Dean. There have been calls for her resignation or her firing uh, because of this case here and would clear and obvious failures in the ministry. Uh, the First Nations Leadership Council told us about you know their calls on that yesterday. Uh, we put in that request, not available for us to talk to, but you know what? We're going to keep asking. We're going to keep asking because it is important for these questions to get answered.